And I think as followers of Jesus, if we're not going to be honest with ourselves about our disappointment in God or our disappointment in unanswered prayers, then we're missing out on the opportunity for the Father to mold our hearts around why those prayers were not answered the way we wanted. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. The gift of prayer is beautiful and at times hard to understand. Some prayers get answered, some don't. Some change us or change others. Keith shares his experience with prayer in today's episode, The Mystery of Prayer. Well, my name is Keith, and um, I'm recovering my identity as an artist. Uh, I'm a dad, a photographer, been in ministry as a career my entire adult life, other than a few years out of college. I consider myself a Louisiana man you know, with big pots, and I cook big, and I entertain big. But my heart, uh, at the end of the day, for Jesus is about seeing captives set free. Mostly, I think, because my heart and my life has been so set free, uh, not without its pain and not without its ups and downs. But um, I think I would say for my heart, transformation started about about 12 years ago in a significant way. I was spending most of my days at that time as a college pastor. And in that college ministry, uh, we had an active prayer time in the ministry, but um, didn't realize how much prayer was going to impact the rest of our lives and where we live today. Grew up in a Methodist church, uh, served in Presbyterian churches as a professional, so had lots of great denominational, great theological background. I would say that we were very um, normal. Uh, I mean, if you ask my wife, I'm normal, she might disagree with that. But but in that standpoint of just being normal Christians, uh, called to ministry, believed in prayer, believed in Jesus, believed in the word, uh, believed in worship, believed in the local community, um, still do believe in all those things. But but something really shifted and it started becoming, um, I think the word I would use is tangible. And as God started inviting us into his presence in different ways, I started uh, feeling things, frankly, seeing things, uh, noticing changes in my desire to pray and how how to pray, frankly. I think um, I, I, I was given a great model of prayer growing up, the ACTS model, A-C-T-S, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But in that model, I realized um, over the last 12 years that there wasn't really room for listening or engaging. So it was a great theological framework to think about how to pray. There was no interactive element in that. And for me, it's the interactive nature of how God's moving in power that has really transformed um, everything that we do. I left a, a, a very good a very good job, very comfortable job at a really nice uh, affluent church, living in a really nice affluent neighborhood, great schools, great everything. And uh, the Lord very directly led us out. And I heard, I think, what I would say for the first time, the Lord clearly speak to me when I, I quit the job. 
And I heard the Lord in the time of prayer, and I didn't hear it with my ears, more like in my chest, in my heart. I don't, I don't even know physically where it came from, but it, I felt it. And the phrase that I heard was very clearly this, Keith, wherever you go needs to be completely rooted in solid theological framework and totally open to the power of the Spirit so that you can operate the way I made you. And I'll never forget my, my, instant, my instant response is, huh, good luck, Lord. Because my experience was it was either the frozen chosen who had great theology and not a whole lot of, of uh, experience and power and experience in the spirit, or it was uh, what I would lovingly, and please, my charismatic friends, hear my heart, I, the crazy charismatics. And I have lots of friends who live in that world, but it was like, oh, I don't want to be like that guy. Uh, so so I, I genuinely didn't really even think that God could move in a way that was rooted in theology and open to power. And then it started happening. I'll never forget, I went to a conference in California. I was leaving my role on a church staff and beginning a role on a missions agency staff. And they were attending this conference because the missions agency was also then trying to grow in understanding the power gifts. Again, great on theology, great on deeds, had boots on the ground all around the world. But how is it that God is moving in power? And I basically just said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'll do it. That's a dangerous prayer. Um, I recommend it and I don't recommend it um, because God will do it. He'll move. And so here I am, I'm on, I'm a newbie in this mission staff, but I've been to this conference with a few of them and I've been slaying the spirit at the conference. And so unbeknownst to me, because I was slaying the spirit so much <laughs> behind my back, lovingly, of course, but behind my back, they started calling me carpet Keith. Cause every time they'd pray, boom, Keith's on the carpet laying out. Um, so I'm new, but this is how they know me thinking this is my norm, but it's not my norm. It's all brand new to me. I'm just wide open. I'm like, turn the faucets on Jesus. Let's do this. So like three months later, I go to this training. So we get this guy who comes in as a great theologian, works on staff at a large, uh, seminary, mainline seminary, not, not wild, just solid. But this friend of ours is, she has a headache and a fever. And so the, the missions agency president's wife says, hey, Keith, um, would you pray for our dear friend over here? She's just got a fever and a headache, and she doesn't really want to miss. So would you? we're all going to just lay hands on her and pray for her. So yeah, sure, of course. You know, I, I like to pray. Why not? But nothing other than the significance of like God speaking to me had really happened in my heart or my life. And so the three or four of us are gathered around the sister in faith, and and I just feel like this nudge in my heart to like, put my hand in front of her forehead and say, Father, in Jesus' name, we just say thank you for our dear sister and called her by name. And I said, um, Lord, would you just bring down her fever? And as soon as I said that, she goes, oh, I feel it. I'm saying, okay, um, you feel what? I'm sorry, I'm confused. I am just feel what? She goes, uh, the cold air blowing out of your hand. Um, I'm sorry, it's, What? And, you know, my hand is hovering like right, you know, like two or three inches in front of her forehead. And my left hand was on her shoulder laying hands on her. But something in me just, I put my hand up there and she goes, oh, yeah. And and then the lady across from me puts her hand like in between my hand and the lady's forehead, right? And she goes, ooh, that's cold. And I'm like, y'all are out of your dang minds. I'm like having this moment where I'm like, what in the world is going on right now? And, and so then the missions agency president's wife puts her hands in between and she's like, Ooh, yeah, that is cold. And I'm like, 
Oh God, I gotta. So I put my other hand, my left hand in between my right hand and her forehead. And sure enough, I feel what feels like cold air blowing out of my hand. And she goes, huh, fever's gone, headache's gone. Thanks, Keith. Huh. So I'm going to have to sit with that one, right? And so, so here I'm having this crazy experience, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, I don't know that I want to be able to do that, <laughs> right? Um, I can't tell my friends about this. Um, frankly, I have not told this story publicly before now. Um, I've held it. I've shared it privately amongst friends that I can trust, but I haven't shared it publicly. And, and I'll be honest, the reason is fear. What are people going to think about me if they know that story? I'm a normal guy. I work in normal churches. I'm not some weird Yahoo doing kooky things and waiting for special effects to happen in the church service. So how do I share this? Don't, don't, don't share it. Um, but it was incredibly significant because here I am seeing the power of God move in a way that I cannot explain. Um, I think that's been the biggest difficulty in my season of this power expression of ministry is there are so many who doubt and I can't explain it. And, and for a lot of my theological friends, if you can't explain it, it can't be believed. Problem with that is faith is believing in something that cannot be seen. I.e. faith is something in believing in something that cannot be explained. I cannot explain why Jesus spit into mud and rubbed it on a dude's eyes and he could see. But something changed in that season 12 years ago. And, and it's been changing since. And there's this great tension within me now that it currently exists between the idea that I saw, felt, heard, experienced this radical weird story of air conditioning air blowing out of my hand to heal a fever and a headache instantly. And one year ago, my wife's diagnosed with breast cancer. How do I reconcile the fact that, that I saw one thing happen, but literally as I told the surgeon, my wife's general surgeon, who is going to do a total mastectomy of her right breast. I told that surgeon, I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that that, that tumor is going to come out. And she said, Mr. Peeler, I'm happy to pray that way. But so far um, I still do the surgeries. And until the day that, that that surgeon took her breast, I was believing in faith that that tumor would go away, but it didn't. So I love my Lord. I love the power of his presence. But as a human being, it is deeply perplexing why in one place I see incredible healing power and weirdness. And in another, over the, the woman I love more than anything in this world, and not getting the result that I hoped for. And, and that's, that's real. The power of God moving in that is real. The fact that I am even willing to talk about that is real. Because 
my heart, my life, my everything. I, I gave it to Jesus a long time ago, but that tangible expression of the power of God goes so far beyond a moment. And I think what I'm sitting with, what I'm understanding, what I'm wrestling with is I just wish it was easier. I wish life was easier. I wish that these power encounters were just what I got all the time. And in one way they are. My, my life has changed. I mean, 12 years ago, I didn't expect to hear from God when I prayed. I expected him to hear me, but I didn't expect to hear back. But but now I do. But I started seeing that there was a tangible, like if I was listening, if I was actually listening to what the Lord is asking me to pray for, I got my own list. Trust me, I got a lot of things I need, a lot of things I want, right? But when I listen and I pray and I do what the Lord's asking me to do, I see tangible difference. Because that's what I'm praying in his will and not mine. And I've learned a lot about authority in praying in the last few years. How to pray with authority. Not mine. Keith is nothing. Keith is he's a human being. That's it. But through the power of who Jesus says that I am, my identity in Christ, and through the authority I've been given through him and through the power of the Spirit, I can command demons to flee and they have to flee. I can bless people. I can pray for healing and they can get healed if the Lord does it, if he leads it. And I pray for lots. I wanted my wife to be healed. That wasn't a bad prayer. But it wasn't the way the Lord wanted to answer that. And because of what I've seen her go through now this last year, how I've seen her change and our faith to bring us through. I mean, there's nothing I've ever experienced like the pain of getting that phone call of hearing it's cancer. And I don't have the authority to, to remove cancer, but I have the authority to pray in Jesus' name and to trust that in his way of healing, that he will do what he wants and it will be for his victory and for his sake. And that's enough for me. I want everyone that I pray for to get healed. And I believe that everyone I pray for will be healed. It just may not look like what I want it to look like or what they want it to look like. And there's something really beautiful in that mystery. And there's something really freaking frustrating about it. And I think as followers of Jesus, if we're not going to be honest with ourselves about our disappointment in God or our disappointment in unanswered prayers, then we're missing out on the opportunity for the Father to mold our hearts around why those prayers were not answered the way we wanted. And there's something deeper in that mystery to me than my 24-7 Western culture mentality of we got to get things done, we got to get it done now. I um, At the beginning of the podcast, I, I said I'm uh, recovering my identity as an artist, and here's what I mean. If I'm not creating something, I'm not being true to the way that he made me. And as a creator God, I'm a creative man. And if I'm not using those gifts, I'm losing a part of who I am. And so I've actually experienced power in the name of Jesus through creativity because I'm connecting with who he's made me to be over what I think I'm supposed to be doing. 
And, and on top of the whole recognizing that it's my identity in Christ that matters more than anything, I'm, I'm learning the simplest of messages about how to follow Jesus, hear and obey. But I spent most of my adult life not even realizing that I could hear from him. Most of my faith life as a minister was a one-way conversation. How boring is a one-way conversation? I think about it this way. I love my wife. I'm very lucky to be happily married, even in the midst of the chaos that we've been through. And, I, and I'll say it this way sometimes. If I, um, if I had a book written about my wife that described her nature, her beauty, her character, even how she smells, um, I could read that book. And, and I could probably fall in love with who she is because you know, all those things are the things that I'm attracted to. But if I only read the book about her versus taking her on a date, I would never know the warmth and the comfort and the joy of embracing her or kissing her. And that's how I liken the shift of my relationship with Jesus. Having had a book about him all my life, studying it, learning about the history of why we have the scriptures we have, learning about the, the you know, all of the things that make faith faith for the traditional mainline denominations I've served. And they're good things. But there's nothing like putting that book down and embracing my father, having him embrace me. And, and in those things, that's for me the biggest change in, in how I live. I've gone from reading about a God who's amazing to experiencing and walking with and hearing from a God who is amazing. And, and the, the core for me, and I think this is about, I don't know, it, it, to me it's, it's like I so badly wanted one answer. I wanted, I, I wanted this like crescendo of difficulty to hit this amazing like, and Jesus shows up and all is well. All is good because Jesus has done this amazing thing. I mean, the scripture says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And I'm like, Lord, I know I got more than a faith of a mustard seed. I got, I don't know what size seed is, but it's bigger than that. And so almost like this expectation that my faith will reveal my miracle. And this is for my wife's body, but it's still for me. And I think I just recognized some of the selfishness of that in that to see beyond what was currently happening. And so for me, that intimate place of going from having prayed the one-way conversation prayer to the sitting was um, the embrace of Jesus in the midst of crying over the brokenness of my wife's body. Uh, the whisper in my heart, and I still hear it today. I haven't seen the fulfillment of this yet, but what I hear today even and, and what carried me through is this simple whisper. And, and the Father has been saying to me, it's going to be better than you think. It wasn't an answer to the cancer. It wasn't a, here's your verse, solution. And I think for me, that's the honest struggle for me is the, the reality that I'm seeking a solution 
when my father is about a relationship. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's story, we think you'll also like Tracy's story, Prayer is the Answer, and Cherry's story, Power of Prayer in the Storm of Addiction. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.